Yo. We're about to go live. Let's get Carter. Let's get Carter. You want me to call him? I called him. He, he, I called him. He sent me straight to voicemail. I say we just start. It's, it's not really... We'll do the formal episode the minute he shows up. So we'll just start. Okay, okay. And yeah. then can we um, can we just share this link? Are we just going to share this I already this did. Link? Put it on Twitter. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. And uh, I'm going to retweet it just so I can get some of my followers to see what's up. Oh, because you have so many followers. We're live now, by the way. I just want you to know. Like this is on YouTube? People are watching it, this? Well, it's about to be because there's like a 30-second delay and I'm about to hit start. So they're going to hear a bit of this and they're going to come in. So... All right, I think. Hold on. Can I see you? I can't see you yet. I can see you now. What up? What's up, Corey? What's up? <laughs> what's up, you? Uh, uh, okay, let's so let's first do all, a- AFL predictions. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. so uh, I went eight for nine in my AFL predictions this week, and it's really good because the Brisbane Honey Dogs have been having a really bad season. But uh, the way the Adelaide Super Australians, you know, failed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Carter will be joining us. We should mention that. In theory, he, says he will. Be. Okay. Okay. Is he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who the fuck knows. We invited him. Uh, I. <laughs> I feel like that's General Carter territory. Uh, okay, Corey. I am stuck in the boot loop of watching ourselves rather than actually trying to get this show on the road. Um, where do we want to start? Let's start with. Let me try this. Let's start with the lead up and the delay and the spidey sense that at least you and, and many of the Twitterati had that this thing was being dragged out for a specific reason, that it was being delayed, that it was being pushed, that it was being, um, you know, um, stuff was happening. And that seemed to bear itself out because this seemed like a jump ball decision because the result may have been clear was 51%. But Corey, the decision isn't really clear for a leader, right? Like we could have seen that speech go either way and it went the other way. Well, in fact, we thought the speech was going to go the I'm staying around. I'm not going anywhere. Wolf of Wall Street style, right? Uh, But it didn't. He he kind of surprised us all. But that was an early indication that something was amiss. Uh, I, I said this on CBC and I'll say it here. When the results were supposed to become between four and six, that's pretty healthy buffer. And yeah. you you give that kind of buffer because it allows you to deal with when things go wrong. So when sure. you're outside of that, things are really wrong, right? Something has gone awry somewhere in some way, shape, or form. Now, it can be mundane. It could have been technical. Of but course. But now, the suspicion has to be that result came in and everyone said, shit, what, what do we do? What does this mean? How do we proceed from this point? And the... Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there were conversations to be had with people who needed to know. I'm sure there were updates to speeches that needed well, to occur. And so here and we I are. Bet, I bet some of those conversations were like, okay, man, like, I know you said 50% plus one, but fuck you. That's not a real thing, right? Or, or even him saying, I know I said 50% plus one, <laughs> but, but fuck, fuck me. Fuck that's me. not a real <laughs> that's thing. Not a real thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's pretty much where he arrives. Like, that's the summary of that speech being like, listen, I know what I said. I said what I said. I meant what I said, but you know, I can't stay. And he was right. Like, I think yeah. he, 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 he was probably, well, actually, you know what? That's a question, Corey. Was he right? I think he was right. Um, we were saying just before it, wow, it's going to be impossible to stay with this result. And then he didn't stay with this result. So I think that's kind of common analysis. 51% is not enough to hold a party together. 
Yeah. And especially when you consider all the advantages he was given in getting this leadership vote to the finish line. He got to choose the uh, way the votes were counted. He moved it from in-person to a, a remote vote. He obviously had a bit of foreknowledge that that was going to occur, so he could have sold memberships before the deadline to that effect. And there are just so many other things you have in your control when you're the leader. Yeah. You have things that are big, such as the rule changes we were talking about. You have things that are quasi big, such as having an army of staffers who you can say, it's time for you to go on vacation and put some hours in here. And then you yeah. have things that are small, which is people will always want to talk to the leader, even if they're pissed at them. So you always have an opportunity to make your case to the angry people of the party. And that's that means something. But given all of that, to get 51%, especially when you consider some of the allegations around bulk vote buying, Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like, just paint a scenario here. Fifty-one point four percent. I wrote the numbers down. They're in my notes, but they were close, right? Like a thousand mm-hmm. votes separated them. There is a suggestion four thousand votes were purchased on eight credit cards. So yeah. if that yeah. conversation just continues, if Elections Alberta comes out and says we are investigating that because we think it was an illegal contribution or something, you there's this cloud over you. You're considered the phony uh-huh. premier, and and so what do you do? You have to step down. You know, like I have a question for you, and this is, it's neither here nor there, but it's kind of here, which is, does this kind of, what does this do to the RCMP investigation? Like you were just talking about cheating in yeah. this race. Like I, do, do you, do you have a sense of what this multi-year investigation could mean now that the guy's saying peace out? I mean, it, the simple answer is it will continue, yeah. but <laughs> you know, it'll be like with the, with the UCP uh, leadership contest and how Jeff Calloway many, many years well, months, if not, you know, a couple yeah, of years yeah. later, get these fines. We may be sitting there drinking our mint juleps on our porches one fine summer day in 2024. And we open the newspaper and we say, oh, that's interesting. Jason Kenney was just fined $25,000 by the uh, commissioner of elections. How yeah. quaint, right? But it won't mean yeah. anything because he won't be premier by by many years at that point. So this goes to the point of those those things need to move faster in just a natural justice sense, because even if you're the innocent party, it's you don't want that uh, sort of languishing over you. You know, you said the pre- he won't be the premier in many years, but he could be the premier in, as it relates to the next couple of weeks or as it relates to the next couple of months. I think there is there is a and it, we were just on CBC that all three of us uh, and Carter, of course, needed to take a nap uh, after uh, <laughs> after that, just to make sure he's uh, uh, he could recuperate uh, and, and, and ensure his heart palpitations are under control. But all three of us are saying it isn't crazy if Cor- if, 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 Corey, if Kenny stays on yeah. as the interim leader, that there is no, quote unquote, new premier sworn in in that regard. Yeah, well, in some ways, it might be the smoothest thing for his party because you're going to have a contentious enough leadership fight. Why have a contentious interim leader fight, right? And so often they'll just casually pick an interim leader and that's fine. But the interim leader does have the, the risk and the opportunity of branding the party. And you don't always want that. You don't necessarily, um, you want to have somebody else out there when there's, when there's people who are vying for the job. Mm-hmm. And, and so why not keep the guy everybody knows? Doesn't mean everybody loves him, but it, it, he will fade into the background. There is still a government to run. And yeah. there are still things the UCP agrees upon, and that can be his focus over the next couple of months. I'm going to save the strategy questions for, for when Carter jumps on. He just said he's going to, he's going to be there in five. He's, uh, he's eating uh, two hours past supper time uh, for Carter. <laughs> Uh, he's having the Swiss Chalet special as he should treat yourself, Carter. Um, we have to talk about, you know, 
a couple of things related to this race when we look back that should have been clear that he was not going to win with the swagger he had. I'm so curious about the fucking swagger, man. The guy yeah. was like doing like big dick energy for the last two weeks, <laughs> which kind of which handicapped a lot of people from saying anything negative to say like this. If he if he, this is the way he's acting, he's got it. Uh, right. In retrospect, still a smart move, I guess. I guess maybe. I don't know. To me, I, I think it kind of was, but uh, you know, it's 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 certainly inconsistent with the result. Let's put it that way, right? Like the uh, blindingly obvious uh, insight, but it also did do something inter into intervening like two weeks that kind of kept a lot of people at bay, perhaps. Yeah. So I think um, I think maybe it kept the vultures from circling, but I don't believe that's what his intention was. I do believe he thought he was going to do better. I will tell you, and this will be backed up by all sorts of pundits and all sorts of politically connected people over the next bit. The premier's office was really confident. They really thought they had this thing. Everybody really? I talked to, well, unless they were- based, Yeah. Based on what? Did, was there any sort of like underlying theory of the why we got it? Yeah. I, I mean, in a funny way, it's very simple. They just thought that the anger wasn't there. It had abated. They just weren't hearing it. The people they were talking to were telling them, yes, they're going to support him. And, um, and they were, I think they were surprised. I, I'm hearing that there were tears in the room tonight as this announcement was there. Really? And that to me speaks to people kind of processing something in the moment, something that they hadn't seriously considered before. And so this was shocking. This was definitely something that was not foreseen by a lot of people that were directly around Jason Kenney. I don't think it was an act is, uh, is what I'm saying. The other thing I would say is once the ballots are in the, you know, it's closed, the count is going to be what the count is going to be. There's no sense in continuing that energy. Uh, in fact, you're, the, the rational thing to do is the opposite, is to manage expectations the other way and say, well, I really don't know. Anything mm. could happen. And regardless, I just, I think it's important that this party moves forward united and take that tone of, like, because you just imagine it from a game theory point of view. Uh, you take that approach and you win. Well, you've managed expectations down and your win looks even better. Uh, you take that approach and you lose. Well, you've adjusted everybody to that rationale and you don't have to deal with people saying that guy was out of his mind the last week. He was delusional the last week that he was sure. running around. So sure. I, I really do truly believe they were surprised. Uh, yeah. And I think we were too. What did you make of the construction of that, that Spearcombs Carter? I'm curious what you made of the construction of that speech. Which was a bit of a emotional roller coaster. Hey, what up, Carter? We're gonna we're gonna start the official business uh, in, in a second. But I'm asking Corey about what he made of the construction of, of Kenny's speech. Well, so I, I think that it was my theory. My theory is he had a speech. He had the I win speech, and he didn't want to throw away all of it, right? So, like the first start was the I win speech. Like the membership has spoken. I have gotten a majority, and then he said, "Okay, but let's change pages two through six into." but I'm out of here, right? Because yeah. it, it did seem to be, I mean, here's the reality people need to realize when you're preparing for these situations. You sit down and you say, what speeches do I need? I need the victory speech. I need the concession speech. And there maybe there's flavors in there of like, I need the, the close victory or I need the, the close loss speech. But maybe you don't get there. Maybe not. Maybe you do the thing that we all do in our jobs, which says, we just don't know. We know we're going to have to tailor it to the moment anyhow. So let's just start with these two core speeches and we'll modify from there. And then all of a sudden it's 4.15, let's say, and you're informed, uh, excuse me, uh, Premier Kenny. So the ballots are counted and you have 51.4% of the vote. And you and your closest advisors are in the room and you say, what? 
That can't be right. We thought it was going to be larger. What? Uh, but you have to process it. Maybe you make some protestations. Maybe you ask how this could be the case. Maybe you mm-hmm. had some concern with some things that were validated later that now it matters and you didn't think it was mattering later. But now you also have the two-speech problem and you've got to turn out the real speech uh, if these results are correct. And so what you do in that case is you take the speech that's closest to the speech you're going to give and you start making modifications. And if you won, you start with the victory speech, even if you're going to resign. I can see the logic of that and I can see how that speech went there. But yeah, it was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie there. There was just this twist partway through where you're like, oh, that's so crazy. He was dead all along, right? Is like how I did that? <laughs> uh, Corey, here's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to reset for the pod. So, so Carter has now joined us. Carter, can you hear us okay? You're good? You can't hear... Yeah, okay, okay, oh, my God. We he, can't he, hear you. We actually no, can't he's, hear he, you. He, oh, he's, 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 Are you doing anything? He's doing a bit. Are you doing, doing a bit? bit? He's doing a bit. He's I don't know if bit. he's doing a bit or not. Okay. He says, okay. no, I can't hear you. I can read lips hey, well, now. Why, why don't you come back? Come Just back, leave Carter. and come back. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I was going to reset for the pod. How, how can we miss you if you don't go away? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Thank God. Okay. He's I, I did also invite Eric Grenier. So there's... <laughs> okay, I, wonder, I actually don't know if you're being serious or not. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll find it, out. How is it that Alberta politics is more interesting than Ontario politics and they're having a fucking election right now? Corey? Well, do yeah. we really want to restate our last show? I mean, That's they true. just got, they got some things going on. That is on true. There. We'll wait for Carter to come back. We'll reset for the pod. Is there anything else? What, what else do you want to talk about? I mean, uh, give me give me a run run a show for, for what we're discussing on this. Okay. I'm uh, going to say 15, 20-minute max pod because if you're listening right now on the live stream, you want to come to the Maharaja Banquet Hall. You want to make your fucking, you want to make your way up to Edmonton. Okay. Hotel rooms, pennies on the dollar right now. Okay. Many places <laughs> to stay. Okay. You don't, you want to make it up for our live show tomorrow because it's going to be a hoot. We've got so much shit to talk about. We can't pack it in today. But also, you want to be at the Maharaja where you get to see other people just as dazed and confused as you are about what the future of Alberta politics is. I agree. Like this is, you, you know, I, I don't know if you're actually trying to do a weird plug here, but. Holy shit, do we have a lot of things to talk about. We could do 30 oh, minutes do. on the hold music alone. I think Alberta <laughs> Strong and Free has just been indoctrinated into my mind. So. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Carter is, of course, um, uh, he's, uh, he's passed. So uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's gone, folks. I uh, did want to break it to you this way. You're going to feel really bad now if that's not true. I'm I'm gonna be buying several dozen lottery tickets if, if that is true. So <laughs> it's it's really fine. Uh, it's fine either way. It's really a win. Um, give me a run of show. What, what do you want to talk about today, Corey? Because we've got we've got so much to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll do more of it tomorrow. But I think it's instant reaction. Yeah. What What do we think? What are people grappling with tonight? Just as we're grappling with things, Carter, can yeah. we hear you yet? Can you hear us yet? Carter? Are those, are those microphones for show? Wow. This is this is terrible. This is uh this is unfortunate. Seriously, Carter? Hey Carter, when I look at your inputs and outputs, uh I have your both are your Okay, I can't hear. <sighs> so this is what we usually do for about 20 minutes before we start live streaming. Uh, oh my god yeah we should have done that i mean this is the fact he came late so we'll blame it on him uh instant reaction who's grappling with what the 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 announcement and the strategy i want to i want to rehash again and then i think it's like implications right like interim leader stuff i want to talk about a bit about that 
uh, interim leader stuff and then like opposition reaction. Like, Somebody holy. just just on the YouTube thing said Carter's microphone needs to resign. And yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I entirely I agree. agree. Yeah. Uh, it, it was actually it, it's it isn't a microphone. Just so you know, it is um, it is a the old PA system. Oh, good. The show can go on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Carter here. <laughs> No, he's if not. If Carter's here, I'm going to leave. No, no, this is a glorious moment. His <laughs> audio isn't working. Okay, here we go. Gradier, hold tight, okay? This is a Strategist, episode 991. My name is Zane Velchi. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Eric Gradier. What's going on, guys? Finally, finally, this is happening. Oh, it, it is a real pleasure to have a higher quality bald man on the show. Hello, sir. Well, I know there's only, there's only place for one, right? So, yeah, well, you know, and so we do what we can to keep it balanced to the universe. As I lose my hair, we're actually looking for somebody with more hair as well. So, just keep uh, uh, keep your Rolodex hair. active. Yo, Granny, did you did you see what what happened there? Did you did you like witness that topsy turvy announcement? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a very strange uh, sort of defensive start by the party president, already sort of laying out presumably, uh, defense to what was going to happen afterwards. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, as usual, did not did not happen on schedule. Not just not on schedule. Corey, the announcement was like this, as you were just discussing earlier, this M. Night Shyamalan-style twist, wasn't it? So they, they start with this kind of conversation, and I agree with you, like the party president made me think he's got it too. She seemed okay. She seemed as though the result was what was expected. And then Jason Kenny comes out and we hear, or not Jason Kenny, but the uh, the chair whose name, Orman, uh, comes yep. out and gives the result and everyone goes, wow. And then there's a bunch of early Twitter traffic that he's going to stay. And then he comes and then all of a sudden we have a, uh, <laughs> we have a situation where there's this hard pivot partway through where it's, gotcha fuckers, I'm out of here. I know I said that I was going to listen to, uh, you know, the, the party and the party had spoken, but, uh, but now we're going to change course entirely. And so uh, we, we had to do this live on CBC, Eric. We were like reacting in real time. And even though this is the sensible move, it was still very shocking. It was shocking that the sensible move played out. Yeah, because when he started talking, it sounded like he was saying he was sticking around that 50% plus one was enough and he got 50% plus one. But yeah, it was a bit shocking. Yeah, well, Grady, how is it that you guys are having a provincial election and it's less exciting than what we have going on here, like on a pedestrian daily basis? Well, that's Ontario. <laughs> that's Ontario politics for you. This is, a, by Ontario standards, this is a pretty exciting election. Uh, God. No, it's not. No, this is, it's a pretty bad election. But yeah, no, our elections are not nearly as exciting as yours, despite the fact you've only had, I think, two parties governing the province for the last century or something like that. Yeah, we change uh, parties very infrequently. We've had a few. So the, there were, the liberals were in power until the early 20s. Um, and then the liberal leader hated the liberals so much he campaigned against the liberals. Uh, and then we had the United Farmers of Alberta. Because a agricultural cooperative where you buy potato sacks is who you want to govern your province. And so we did that for about 20 years. To be fair, so did Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, then we brought in social credit. We wanted to print our own money. Uh, the fucking... Easterners wouldn't let us do that, but we stuck with the social credit party anyhow. And then the PCs, and then of course we know the last couple of years have been a little bit more topsy turvy. It was the first time we've had kind of a, a non um, non perpetual government. Uh, but now we have uh, continued turmoil. 
what's going to be interesting to see here is what this does for everybody's ambitions, because obviously oh, yeah. changes the NDP's calculations. Uh, the UCP is, you got to put a question mark after the U now, TBD. I think Jason Kenney's move tonight makes them stay in United more likely. And so for that, if you are a part, a stalwart of the UCP, you would probably want to commend the premier, but um, much could happen. Much could go. Yo, Grady, from your perspective, you know, you've been tracking the federal leadership race. What do you think this kind of means from the perspective of like conservatism in this country? Like we were talking about Kenny coming in as a harder right candidate in Alberta. The campaign I was working on with the Alberta NDP were certainly positioning him that way. And now it seems like he was criticized and turfed largely for being too much of a moderate in the conservative movement. Like, do you see some ramifications for conservatism overall based on actually what's playing out with maybe the purity tests that the feds are trying to do with the the polyev uh, uh, leadership uh, uh, candidacy as well yeah well, i mean you guys have talked a lot about it uh, just the debate uh, that we had uh, what was it a week or two ago um, you know it, it's a competition in a way to be the closest to the freedom convoy even jean charret when he was talking about his position on the convoy was focusing on the windsor blockade rather than uh, the fact that ottawa where i am was uh, was itself, uh, you know, occupied for about a month. It was very unpleasant to be here in the city. And it was almost like that didn't matter. It was the fact that the economy was uh, was being uh, halted there. So it does feel like the party is moving in that direction in the sense that someone who is a moderate like Jean Charest doesn't even have a chance. And someone like Jason Kenney uh, is a bit of a problem because he was, while in the rest of the country seen as one of the premiers who was probably the most reluctant to go forward with restrictions or those kinds of things. In Alberta, for a lot of people within his own party, he was still going too far. So uh, it, it, it does suggest that maybe the, the pandemic has accelerated a little bit of this, a, a little bit of this stuff over the last uh, few years. Okay, I'll let you get in. But Eric, while I have you on this, um, uh, why is Carter so terrible on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my predecessor was, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think Carter brings a lot of uh, energy, and I can't compete with that. Oh, where's the turn? Where's the where's the Jason Kenny style? He brings a lot of energy. He does this well, and then boom, you slam him in the face, Grenier. That's what we're supposed to do with well, the Carter. He doesn't absence. show up when he's needed. When this he's most needed, this is he's true. not true. there. He's not That's there to be seen. Point. And I was able to step in. Uh, and I don't know if people know, today was also the leadership review results for the Strategist podcast. And uh, sorry for bearing the lead. We do this all the time. But Carter is off the show. I'm sorry that I did not make this clear for everybody who's just uh, cluing into the fact uh, that we have replaced Carter uh, yet again. Corey, you want to jump in on this? I can't even remember what I was going to talk about here. Oh, well, I do recall. Yeah, what, so what, what you made this about? point. You made this point, Zane, on CBC, Me? which is yeah. – that in a funny way, Jason Kenney was somewhat rebranded over the past two years because in the 2019 election, he was seen as the extreme right option. Sure. And yeah, there was some logic to that relative to what the PCs had been in the past. He certainly was more conservative socially than the last couple of PC leaders, those being Prentice and Redford and Stelmack. And he was certainly uh, a, a truer believer of conservative philosophy than all of them as well, taking a, a lot more of his cues from kind of academic conservatism, you know, the Heritage uh, Foundation group. But uh, over the last two years, um, because there have been so many people to the right of him criticizing him from the right, in many ways, he is he is the moderate conservative. You know, after him, who knows what comes? It could be a situation where you've got 
a, a much more right wing candidate. Um, you could have Danielle Smith, who has, uh, you know, really leaned into the libertarianism over the last couple of years, become mm-hmm. the leader of the UCP. Unlikely, perhaps, but it's a possibility. You could have uh, far right individuals coming in from uh, from any walk of life, and they've certainly shown their ability to marshal numbers, even through things such as the the protests in Ottawa. There, so. So, uh, well, there will be a lot of people, I think, cheering the demise of Jason Kenney because he was an unpopular premier amongst the public as a whole. The reality is Albertans might really not like what comes next, might really not like what comes next. You think there's real buyer's remorse here, Corey? Like you already think there's buyer's remorse or you think this is like a downstream effect? This is is down the road. This is not tonight. Like people aren't sitting there tonight saying, oh, no. Right. Not by and large, not the average Albertan, I think. But I do think that it's not impossible to imagine a scenario where people say, wow, we've really moved outside of the mainstream. And if Albertans sort of follow for the old leadership contest, snap election, here's our Mm -hmm. new premier just getting to know them for the first time now that they've got a majority government, they may really regret that. Right. And they might start saying, oh, my God, I wish Jason Kenney was premier. It's it's not impossible. It might not even be improbable. Eric, like, what do you what do you sense from your perspectives, like sitting where you are? Um, what's like the 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 reaction that you have to what's happened here from a like a downstream what could happen perspective, but also to the earlier conversation, like we jovially talk about, like this is Alberta politics, but like from the macro Alberta perspective, what do you what do you kind of think when you see what happened tonight? Well. You know, you think about Jason Kenney, uh, he has a reputation in Ottawa as being someone who is a very good politician, someone who has been able to uh, win election after election. He left Ottawa to go save Alberta and was winning uh, the PC leadership, then the UCP leadership, and then the election. Uh, You really think about what his legacy is going to be going forward. You know, when you think about when he was criticizing uh, the prime minister for having the depth of a finger bowl, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, Trudeau is right now the dean of premiers and, Mm. you know, the prime minister in the country. He's actually been around for the longest amount of time. Uh, And you think about that uh, McLean's cover with the resistance. uh, Those those figures keep fading away. Uh, And it, it does make you wonder what Really, what uh, what impact those that that perspective had on uh, conservatism in the country? Because it's no longer just about getting pipelines built and a carbon tax out of the way. It's more the kind of people that we're hearing from from Pierre Poilievre that it is yep. a little bit more on the uh, the populist side than maybe it was even just a few years ago. Corey. Uh, yeah, you wanted to jump in here. You know, there was an article written by uh, Spear just a while ago in the uh, National Post, and we were talking about it uh, that Jason Kenney was actually the best, con- the the most conservative conservative premier, and uh, you know, the best thing that was moving on uh, uh, the movement. And certainly, I think that there's some truth to he was a true believer in conservative ideology. Uh, now, at the you know, we talked about this on the pod earlier, and I, I said. Maybe not ideal because he was also making it a little unpopular in a province like Alberta. And it's hard to imagine that that is, um, you know, that is ultimately a winning formula for conservatism. If you if you take it to such an extreme place, the province of Alberta is saying not not really for me. Right. Uh, But now when you look around at the conservative leaders across the country, it's it's an interesting bag. You have a populist in Quebec. You have a uh, kind of a. Red Tory in Nova Scotia. Have You've we lost another one? Doug oh, Ford, who, 
who who is a populist. Did I cut out for a while? Is that what happened? Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, we did. Right? And we were just about to bring your replacement on. Pierre Polyevra. <laughs> Pierre Polyevra was just about to enter <laughs> stage right. Uh, I will finally be replaced with Nahid Nenshi in the pod. <laughs> the pod and will then be the complete. full rotation. <laughs> the yeah. full rotation is done. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, like the old men in black. I'm not training a partner. I'm training my replacement thing, right? So, yeah, I, you know, there's the conservatism as a whole is going to have to do some soul searching. But, I, you know, when you think about that, the resistance cover that you're talking about, Eric, and all of those leaders and the way that they have drifted from our memories, uh, like sand through our hands, that was such a moment. And it does feel like when you think about those moments ending, it's often with like the tide receding and the liberals coming forward. But it, you know, in some ways it feels like there's a more extreme conservatism on the march. And what does that mean for this country? And what does that mean for the conservative movement? Yeah. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about, because we want to keep this short. Uh, and of course we've got a live show tomorrow. Eric, you're going to be there. Of course, Maharaja banquet hall. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm I booked mean, with flair airlines. I'm really excited about this flight. I'm so hoping that I can make it on time. Uh, you'll make it on time. We they always make it on time. Um, uh, you know, Flair Airlines. God damn it, I have nothing. Uh, okay, we've got one final thing. I'll come up with something. I'll come up with something, Corey. Um, does he stay as interim leader, and what does that do to the legacy? I want to talk about that as we round out. Yeah, well, you're making us predict something that will probably be known pretty instantly here. Maybe it's even on Twitter. We've been going kind of like straight from analysis here. He can stay and he should stay, in my opinion, because uh, it just simplifies the next bit. He did win with the party. So there's not kind of that. He can literally say, I, I, I won. He gets to actually say my undefeated election streak remains. I will leave on my own terms. It was my choice to leave. And my terms are that I want this leadership contest to be brisk, but that I will still stick around until it's done. And, and so that's what I would recommend. It's very possible that he'll leave. But I also think that within the conservative movement more generally, there's so much disdain for what Jim Prentice did, the knock over the lectern and say, fuck it, I'm out of here on election mm -hmm. night on 2015, that it might, it, it might culturally give him a bit of a reason not to do that as well. Uh, because, you know, he's got to decide how he wants to leave as well. It's like that old line from the movie, Dave, you know, where there's the two characters arguing and one says, uh, you, you chivalrous fool, what does it matter how a man dies? And Dave replies, when the fall is all that's left, it matters a great deal. And I think that Jason Kenney's got to be thinking about his legacy and how he wants to present himself. And, and he made a decision tonight to act like a statesman. And I suspect and I would recommend that he take that position forward over the next couple of months. I would Eric, just say, you know, yeah, you think about uh, Andrew Shearer and Tom Mulcair, two leaders who decided to stick around after the party, their parties were done with them. I don't know if that really helped. Uh, so okay. if I'm Jason Kenney, if I'm the United Conservative Party, uh, I'm not sure if having Jason Kenney still there for the next what eight months, maybe, while there's a leadership race going on, it, it could become sometimes problematic that he has to be there as the person that people still don't like. Uh, if you get someone new in there who comes with a bit of a fresh face, uh, maybe gets the party back into a competitive spot, maybe it sets up the next leader better. But uh, it's different, I guess, when you're an interim you know, opposition leader and when you're an interim premier. Well, the other thing I, I would say is I really suspect they're going to go fast because they got to get their pants on and get ready for the fucking bus. This election is coming. And so if they... Um 
If they're not aiming for a September result, I think they're nuts. If I were them, I would move quickly. We've got so much to talk about tomorrow for the live show in Edmonton. If you do not have your tickets, now's a great time. Strategistlive.com. Get your tickets, Maharaja Banquet Hall. Get your way up to Edmonton. I don't care where you are. Anywhere in the country. Edmonton is the place to be. Eric's going to be there. He's going to, he's definitely going to be there. He's replacing Stephen Carter. We've talked about this. Carter lost the leadership review. We got Eric. So much to talk about. What do the NDP do? Who are the candidates in this leadership uh, race that comes forward? What does the rebranding of the UCP uh, look like going forward? Uh, we're going to leave it there. Special thanks to our sponsor, Flair Airlines. Flair Airlines. Not, not is our not, sponsor. Keep moving. Flair Airlines. It's not always your choice how you leave. We're going to leave it there. That's a wrap on episode 991 of The Strategist. My name is Zaid Velji. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Eric Renier, and we'll see you next time.